and me and another gentleman were pretty much the only ones running the business and uh, just working a lot. And next thing you know, I have a kid, you know, I'm with my wife at the time. We're still rocking and rolling and working and working and working. And that's all I ever knew. Wasn't taking vacations, um, just work. And next thing you know, I found myself uh, staring at a divorce. And it was, uh, it was a you know tough time for me, um, financially, mentally. Um, we just kind of, neither one of us knew each other um, because, you know, I'd given so much to this business. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you here today, and we're going to be talking with Dave Daffin, and he's going to be sharing his story about what he is, what he has done and what he has made of himself and his organization, moving from behind the wheel to behind the desk and uh, everything in between. We're excited to hear his story and talk to him, but before we do that, we want to break down this idea for you, and for that, we're turning to Brian with our quote. I just removed everything that was not the David, Michelangelo. Yeah, it's hearkening back to uh, to an earlier episode where you brought that quote up, but it was a great quote as uh, Matt, uh, our boss here, went to Italy and saw the David, and the David is a statue that Michelangelo himself created. And somebody asked him specifically, how did you make such a beautiful perfect statue and he kind of alluded to the fact that he didn't create the statue he just removed everything that wasn't the statue as he chiseled away and this episode being largely about culture and about um, the spirit of of the team I think that it it fit the episode well um, being that in, in a team you're not you do a lot less adding of great pieces and a lot more of removing of not so great pieces. Like protecting a culture usually means removing pieces that don't fit that culture. Yeah, Brian, that is a great quote. I'm glad you brought it up in its uh, its entirety and its actual format, uh, as opposed to just the illustration that we used. But in in I believe that was John Perez's podcast, the uh, From Homeless to Homeowner uh, by 25 podcast episode, and that was that was a great story with John. And in his case, it was really about removing the pieces that weren't David uh, about himself. Whereas in this episode, we're planning on talking with Dave about removing the pieces of an organization. Now, certainly a lot of that has to do with his own story. Uh, but you'll hear through the, the conversation that I believe we're going to have the transformation that took place in his organization by starting to make some changes. A lot of those being removing the barriers or the, the, uh, the ideas that we hold fast to that nobody really has any idea why we're doing it other than this is just what we've always done. And that's always a dangerous thing. And any organization, any person for that matter, can really get stuck in that same mentality. I mean, look at yourself. I mean, Brian, look at you, look at me, right? How many times do you and I actually think about why we do what we do personally? When's the last time that you took time and thought about, is my family life the way that I want it to be? Am I being intentional? Or have I allowed myself just to get into a habit or a pattern of like, well, I mean, this is just what we do. Okay, well, that's not what we do here. That's not waste no day mentality. That is complacency. That is cruise control. Cruise control. Absolutely. And and, and keep, it's an we keep ugly both thing. feet on the gas. We don't even put one on the brake. <laughs> I don't have a brake in my car. Yeah, it's an ugly thing. And and you know what? I I I would encourage everybody out there to do something tonight, make it tonight. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, make it tonight. Take today and generate two ideas of how you can make something different at home. If you're married, figure out how you can care for your spouse and do something special for them. If you're not married, uh, figure out a way that you can find a friend or, or find a routine or a habit or a hobby or something like that that you can invest into that's going to make a difference. All right. And, And the point there is that 
Just don't be okay with being okay. That's not what we're about. That's not why we are here. We don't want to be in that cruise control mentality. We have to be constantly looking to get better. And sometimes that means that we have to cut things out that we have grown accustomed to. That's right, buddy. Remove everything that is not the David. Uh, and whether that quote is a real Michelangelo quote or not, is it has real substance to it in that anything that's... And I, I read a quote earlier, 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 like earlier this month, saying that uh, I'm removing anything out of my life that isn't part of my plan for my life. And it was, it was really sticky. I didn't, I didn't know where it would fit on this episode, but I do wish I had written that quote down as I usually do when I find a good quote in my notepad, but it fits very well when you're talking about culture and that culture could be your, your plumbing team or HVAC team or electrical team, or it could be your crew that you hang out with and spend time with after work. If there are certain things you want to cut out of your life to have a better life, could very well be attached to some people that you have to cut out of your life. And if it's making your family a better culture at home, might be some certain TV shows that need to get cut out or TV in general. If you want to get healthier and more fit and spend more time together as a family, maybe the TV needs to go. But the culture is something that you can usually control in most places you're at by your own hand. And nobody is indicating that you have to be an owner to do that. You can start with yourself because every organization is made up of people just like you. And it takes people just like you to make all the difference. And so we want to talk about that and so much more with our guest. We're going to welcome Dave Daffin to the show and put him in your passenger seat. Hey, our guest today is David Daffin. He grew up in Glen Rose, Texas, and found his way into the HVAC trade through his uncle, who initially started the business. He began his career as a service technician and installer, and through 20-plus years of hard work, he eventually became the installation manager, service manager, GM, and finally CEO. He gained full ownership of Daffin Cooling and Heating in the summer of 2021, David's commitment to his employees and their culture has been the reason for his success as well as his company's professional growth and success in turn. With that, welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, glad you guys could have me on. Absolutely. Yeah, good to talk to you again. We, uh, if, if anybody listened to our episode uh, weeks ago, heard me complaining pretty loudly about the, the uh, COVID policies of the great, great island of Maui. And uh, how I got trapped in the airport for a full day and then went to LAX and got some COVID tests under an overpass and then uh, flew back to Maui and relished the day that I got to meet the the, uh, great people in the airport (laughs) on Maui. (laughs) Well, uh, Dave and his wife, Shanae, is it Shanae? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're two of the fantastic people that Amelia and I got to meet and hang out with while we were there. Had a great time hanging out with you guys that week. And, um, turns out he owns a, an HVAC shop in, uh, just outside of Dallas, Texas. Was it Granberry? Yes, sir. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So, um, I just said, well, let's have you on the show. Let's hear your story. And, uh, he had a pretty cool story of, um, kind of going through the trenches and, and, uh, rebuilding back up and, a lot to do with culture, which is something we love to talk about here. Um, not as a whimsical thing, but as an actual systematic checklist thing that we have our finger on at all times is, is culture. Um, it's, it's making a place that people actually want to come to work and not just a place where people punch time cards. So, yeah, Dave, tell us your story and, and how you got into the trades and let's hear it. Okay, so um, probably like many, um, right out of high school, I uh, I went to a four-year college. Um, in the very beginning, probably halfway through my first semester, I realized that uh, it wasn't going to be for me. Um, made you know good grades, and I was smart, and you know college it was easy. I just did not enjoy it. Um, I was going to be a my dream was to be a police officer, work for the FBI, or something really cool like that. Nice. The and I started realizing that I probably wasn't going to make it. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of financial support um, from my family um, and, you know, wasn't raised, you know, in a 
well-to-do house or anything. We grew up on a farm. Uh, and so I, uh, I had a good work ethic, you know, and I, um, I was no stranger to hard work and imp- improvising and things like that. And uh, I had a family member that was in uh, HVAC, um, and he had mentioned to me, hey, have you ever thought about, you know, doing heating cooling or something like that? And uh, I said, no. And he goes, well, hey, why don't you come do a ride-along with me one of these days, weekends when you're home, and um, see what you think. So I did, and um, I really enjoyed it. And you know, he was doing really well at the time. And so I ended up quitting school. I finished the first semester and then just never went back. And um, before I got too much in debt, uh, you know, that was the other thing I was looking at is, man, when I finish this school, I'm going I'm to be so far in debt. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do anything. And so uh, I um, started, you know, hanging out with him a lot. And um, he said, hey, I think I started my own business. You know, you want to basically be my first hire, start working for me. And I said, yeah, let, you know, let's do it. I know I'll, I'll help you out. So I, uh, I joined a trade school and I was going at night and um, he started his own business and I was basically his hire number one. And, um, you know, quickly I was, um, you know, helping with installs and things like that and going to school at night. Um, and we, uh, you know, started growing a little bit, hiring some more people, some installers in the office and um, another technician. And we're just kind of rocking along and, and the business is growing and we uh, kind of fell into that trap. I think that a lot of people do where, you know, it's all about hard work. Right. And so it was uh, working 80 hour weeks and, you know, three or four weeks straight on call. And, you know, I quickly realized that I was pretty much miserable and I was not enjoying it. And so I quit and I went off to do, you know, something else for I don't know, probably a month <laughs> And I didn't enjoy that either. And he said, Hey, you know, one, you know, let's make some changes. Why don't you come back? And, uh, I'll give you a portion of the business if you'll come back, um, and help me out. Cause I was, you know, I was a pretty good technician, even though I was pretty young. I started, you know, that was only 19 at the time. And, uh, so I came back and, you know, he gave me a small percentage of the business and, uh, we made a few changes and things were better and we just kept growing and growing. And, um, of course I was married. I didn't have any kids or anything at the time, but, um, you know, just hard work is really all I knew. And so, you know, I wanted things, uh, um, and the business was great to me. I was making great money because I was working so many hours and was able to build my own house. Um, even, you know, age of, um, I don't think I was I don't know, 20, 21. I built my first house and, um, you know, it was doing pretty good. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, we, um, just, you know, that's all I really knew though was just work. You know, we were just working all the time and then slowly but surely, um, you know, and it was my uncle that I actually worked for, the guy I mentioned, and he uh, was kind of starting to disappear a little bit from the office. And the next thing you know, he's gone all summer and taking lots of trips. And, and me and another gentleman were pretty much the only ones running the business and uh, just working a lot. And next thing you know, I have a kid, you know, I'm with my wife at the time. and We, uh, you're still rocking and rolling and working and working and working. And that's all I ever knew. Wasn't taking vacations, um, just work. And next thing you know, I found myself, uh, staring at a divorce and it was, uh, it was a you know tough time for me, um, financially, mentally. Um, we just kind of, neither one of us knew each other, um, because, you know, I'd given so much to this business. Um, and you know, like a lot of guys do, you know, everybody falls into that trap where, you know, you have goals and you want something, um, and you'll pretty much give up anything to get it. And that's kind of where I was and what I, th- I thought I was doing the right thing. And, um, about that same time, my, uh, my uncle decided he wanted out of the business as well. And so he sold his portion of the business to, um, a guy named Tom Peregrino, who, um, was also kind of a partner at the time. Um, he was running sales and operations. And, uh, so he took over and then I still had a small portion of the business as well. And, uh, quickly we realized, you know, Hey, we better make some changes or, um, you know, this thing's not going to go too far. And that's when we started, um, you know, following, we had heard about Dave Ramsey from somebody. Um, so I went to a Dave Ramsey entree leadership. I think it was actually the first one in San Antonio. Um, went to that and saw kind of how he ran his business, um, and all of his, um, teachings. And, you know, we just, we both immersed ourselves into that book, entree leadership and all of his, um, his ways and man, it really just changed our business. Um, and the next thing you know, we, uh, we joined ACA and started talking to the bigger contractors and, you know, people that were doing it right, or at least appeared to be doing it right. Um, and we made some more changes. 
Um, and then our next thing you know, our business is getting turned around. We're, you know, we're making good money. Everybody's doing well. The culture's a little bit better. Um, and then uh, I, I forget what year it was. It might have been oh, 2012, 2013. I said, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take my family on a vacation um, in the summertime. I've never done that before. And so I went on a vacation up to Colorado. It was awesome. We had a great time. And then while I was up there, I realized, you know, unless – the people that work for us can, you know, experience the same things with their family that this business is probably, you know, we're going to have high turnover and nobody's going to want to stay. Everybody's going to be burnt out exactly like I was, you know, in the beginning. And so when I came back, I told my partner, um, I said, Hey, you know, why can't everybody experience this? And he agreed. And, uh, so we, we implemented a, a vacation strategy, even for technicians, you know, during the uh, summertime. And, uh, so now, you know, now our guys are taking vacations in the summer. Uh, so what did that, we just quit- what did that look like? Uh, what we did originally was we just said, Hey, um, let's, I think it was maybe like by May 1st, we passed around the calendar based off seniority. It might've been April. Um, and based off seniority and everybody gets a week. If you want to take a week with your family and go somewhere, um, you have to take a full week so that it doesn't mess up our on call rotation and things like that. So, um, and you know, that first year, I think a couple guys did it and they enjoyed it. And the next year, a few more did it. And, and now most, most everybody that works for us that has a family, they take a vacation during the, during the summertime. Um, uh, what we realized was, you know, yeah, it was hard and we were missing out on some revenue because, you know, here in Texas, the majority of our business comes, you know, three to four months out of the year. Um, but you know, we started realizing, Hey, this, uh, these people that work for us and our team, our team members are way more valuable than any customer or any, you know, great week that they might be able to produce, you know, long-term. So, so we just kind of bit the bullet and did it. And I, I'd say it's been a good thing. And, you know, now everybody pretty much takes a vacation during the summertime. Um, nobody abuses it. Um, and, you know, everybody understands that, um, you know, enjoy your week off. And then when you come back, you know, it's, Hey, it's time to, you know, to get back at it. So uh, it's been great. No, that's great. Yeah, make, no, no, I think make sure you edit out all the part where they let their HVAC people take vacations in the summer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to step on any toes or anything. So I, uh, it, it, it works great for us. I understand that, you know, that wouldn't work for a lot of people. Um, we just found a way to make it work. Um, because I do realize that, you know, our, our, our key, um, our key to our businesses, our employees and our team members is not the customers. I know that's probably opposite of what most people will say. Um, and we actually have, you know, some core values that we put down years ago that, you know, our business abides by. And, uh, one of those is, uh, uh, phenomenal care of our employees, you know, as well as our customers. So, I mean, that's really what we should strive to do is take better care of our employees than we do our customers because, you know, everybody knows, right? If you take good care of them, they're going to take better care of your customers. Sure. Yeah. That's, uh, that is something we definitely teach here and uh i'll teach our our leadership team here and try to abide by is is the fact that if as as a management team is anyone in a leadership position your number one customer is not the client your number one customer is the technicians you lead absolutely their number one customer is the client yeah and that's that's what's cool to kind of rewind a little bit about meeting you in hawaii is you know i was kind of under the impression or maybe maybe a little bit of arrogance that, you know, hey, our company is awesome and nobody does it quite like us. And then um, I met you and, you know, you started talking about your podcast. And, and so I checked into it and started listening to you guys. And there's there's a lot of great companies out there, you know, that are changing this industry for people for the better, you know, um, you know that, that really care about culture and take care of your employees. And, you know, there's obviously some, I won't say bad ones, but there's some that their priorities maybe aren't where they probably should be. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can say bad ones. There are plenty of bad ones. And uh, yeah, and so a lot, a lot of us cool. and people listening have worked for those bad ones. And it, I mean, one thing it helps do is, you know, when people who have been at those bad companies get into leadership positions in good companies, hopefully they take those lessons of things that they didn't like and they, they implement the opposite in um, policies at the new company. And it's something that certainly helped a lot of us here uh, build what we have here, which was, and I'll tell you, this is something I did not like about being in a truck. So let's see if we can at least make it more livable, if not change it all completely. Exactly. You know, and that, that's something we're, we're kind of tackling now. Last year on call rotation, um, how do we make it better? You know, because every technician out there, you know, one of the things 
probably the thing that I'll say they hate the most, you know, is being on call. Um, made some changes to it over the years. It's, you know, improved it for sure. Um, I kind of, I don't really know where we go from here, but, um, you know, the current situation we have, you know, with our own call rotation works pretty well for us too. So, um, yeah, we, uh, you know, not to beat a dead horse, we started doing a deal where we, if you're on call for the weekend for us, you get the next Friday off. Um, so then essentially you get a three day weekend, you know, the weekend after you're on call. So, and the guys, they went from hating it to now they won't trade it on call for nothing because they want that three day weekend, you know? Yeah, and we, that kind of goes. We we have that in all three uh, companies here, but in the plumbing, well, it's a, it's a different animal in plumbing because our guys all year round. If you're on call on the weekend, you run probably twelve to sixteen hours per day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So in plumbing, yeah. we actually give you Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off the next week. But in oh wow, this- yeah, it's it's uh it's well deserved because you <laughs> you are not seeing your family that weekend. But uh, it yeah. was funny. I, I tell this story often when I was first asked to step up and manage the plumbing division here. Um, I went to my wife and said, hey, we have this opportunity. And Amelia's first thing she said was, so you're not going to get your four-day weekends anymore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, honey, I know they seem like a four-day weekend to you. <laughs> but uh, that weekend before, where I, you know, I got to work 40 hours in three days. Yeah, it's tough. And then, you know, everything you miss out on, especially when you got, you know, little ones at home, you know, doing sports and things like that. It's, it's a, that's a tough life, you know, to, um, to give it all up basically for a job. And so that's what, that's, that's our goal is to try to change that where this is not a job, it's a career and people actually enjoy coming to work here every day, you know. So Dave, let's dig into some of your past there as, uh, you know, most of our listening audience is probably frontline people who are currently in the truck right now, whether it's, HVAC plumbing or electrical. Uh, and so I think it's always fascinating when somebody has experienced that and then they've grown their way into ownership or higher levels of management. And so I, I want to kind of ask you about that journey. You know, was it just a uh, good fortune that allowed you to go from, you know, behind the wheel to behind the desk or was there something within you or something, some action or mentality that you took that made the difference? You know, what, what I would attribute it to is, uh, you know, back in the, in the early days or, um, you know, kind of before ownership changed, um, the first time back in 2010, I think it was, um, I, I was really the only really good tech we had at the time. And so we had several young guys and I was spending a lot of time just mentoring them. Um, but our business was growing, you know, and so we couldn't hire enough young guys fast enough, uh, to keep up with the business. So I was, I pretty much, really just, you know, you could call it good fortune, I guess, kind of lucked into having to train all these guys. And next thing you know, um, I'm kind of leading a team of really young guys um, just because I had so much more experience than they did. Um, and then so, you know, I'm in charge of the on-call schedule and the training and things like that and, um, you know, going behind them on callbacks and helping them. Um, and so um, I – I just kind of grew into that really. Um, and then I was immersed, you know, by our previous owner into, you know, entree leadership and things like that. Um, and I, and I wouldn't say it was by, by the will really. And some of that was kind of forced, you know, in the beginning I thought, oh, this is stupid, you know, I don't want any part of it. Um, but the more I started studying it and, you know, listening to people, um, that followed, you know, those values and things like that, I learned that, uh, you know, this is the way and, you know, the, the better I can make, you know, my teammates, you know, the easier my job gets. Right. So, um, so I just started training, you know, those guys the best I could and, and hiring, you know, good quality people, um, to make our jobs easier. And it, and it really worked. And then we just kind of added to that, um, you know, over the years and, uh, you know, by just following different mentalities and kind of robbing and duplicating. We started, um, you know, going to a lot of different trainings and we'd go do a lot of site visits and, you know, pick up a few things here and a few things there. And then we just, that's kind of how we've grown our business really. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's always a good practice. Uh, and that's something Brian and I and some of the others here have started doing of lately is trying to get out more and expand our network and see things even across the country 
or just outside of our, our current locale here uh, to see what other people are doing. And it's really exciting to see somebody who's doing it really well and you come across them and, you know, you don't have to see everything. You can just get one, two, maybe three points that you can take back to your own organization. It makes all the difference. Yeah. You know, in the, in the, in the beginning, that's what was kind of hard was, you know, maybe I had a little bit of an arrogance about, you know, Hey, our business was awesome. I don't need to go visit anybody else. Why do I want to see what they're doing? And then once I started doing that, I realized, you know, hey, they got this one thing or these two things that is better than what we do. You know, why not change it? You know, and we in the beginning, we called it the sacred cow killer. Um, we had a year where we tried to kill as many sacred cows as we could. Um, and we Ooh, changed our. Man. I like that. Yeah. And because, you know, we started asking ourselves, you know, why, why do we do this? And nobody really had a good answer for it. And so there had to be a better way. Right. And so we just started kind of diving into those things and figuring out you know, what was a better way. And that may, may have been from, you know, reading a book or listening to somebody speak at a conference or, you know, doing a side visit and seeing, you know, what somebody else does. All right, Dave. So we're going to put you on the spot here. What is one, maybe two things that you think your organization does really well? Ooh, I wanted to hear a few, uh, like three sacred cows. Take <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll do like next first. That, well, the sacred cows was, that was back in 2010. I can't name a bunch of them. Um, you know, I've had to it'd take me a few minutes to figure out um, what we what we changed. But um, so, what do we do better? Um, I would say, you know, in our area, we probably do have the best culture, um, just because of that mentality of taking care of our employees. Um, and I really would rather call them teammates um, better than anybody else. Um, and a lot of that goes back to you know the Dave Ramsey hiring process. You know, is adding good quality people to our organization. Um, so that, that would be number one for me, um, would just be our team is better than everybody else's. Um, number two, we pay better than everybody else in our area. Um, and a lot of that has to do with performance based pay. Uh, but you know, we're willing to, if you're going to be a high performer, then you know, we're going to take really good care of you. Uh, the third one, um, I would say really is, you know, it kind of goes back to our teammates, but our benefits, I mean, we have a lot of benefits here that most, um, companies our size may not have, or certainly people a little bit smaller than that, smaller than us don't have. And we've had a lot of them for a, good, a long time, you know, uh, health insurance, you know, vacations in the summer, um, 401ks, things like that, uh, life insurance policies for everybody. Uh, we do a lot of family events. We have we try to have a lot of fun here at the company. Um, so, yeah, I, I really just say all around. But to me, all that really boils back to culture. You know, that's probably one of the number one things that a company can do is, uh, is, you know, establish a culture that you want. So I understand there's a part of your story, um, that, that is a little bit more difficult to talk about. And I don't want to press you into personal areas that you're not comfortable with, but, uh, I believe you mentioned off air that, you know, there was a, there was a time when, well, you said on air, there was a time when you were staring at a divorce and, and what kind of came out of that. And so if we can take a, a step backward before we move forward into what that culture is and how that refined and changed everything, start us back there at the low point and then work us forward. You know, um, so I would say back in, oh, my son was born in 2005. So really six, seven, somewhere in there. Um, I was just working, you know, that's really all I did was work, work, work. And, you know, I had some friends that I had some hobbies, you know, hunting and four wheeling and things like that, that we would go, you know, take a trip here and there and do stuff. And, and, and what was your uh, role in the company? Like, were you a straight up technician or are you in management? Or are you an owner? Yeah. I, at that time I was just a straight up technician. Um, and yeah. so I worked, I mean, all the time, 80 hours a week was nothing for me. Um, and, and really maybe it wasn't by choice. It was just kind of the way we were set up. Um, and it was that mentality of, you know, we got to get it while we can. Right. And uh, so I, and, um, and I wouldn't say no, you know, and, and I, and like I said, I grew up on a farm. I was used to hard work and that wasn't a problem for me. It, um, you know, but at some point it kind of becomes a mental game, you know? And, um, and my wife at the time, we, we really got to where we didn't know each other. She was working. I was working, you know, we had a kid going to daycare every day and, you know, we'd pick them up from daycare. She would pick them up from daycare and I'd come home, you know, eat dinner, take a shower, go to bed, do it all over again, you know? And a couple of years into that, I realized, you know, we realized I wouldn't even know each other, you know? And, uh, and so I would say, I, you know, I took the easy way out at the time. Um, instead of work, I didn't want to work on it. You know, at that, at that time my, my heart was hard and I said, you know what, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. 
Um, and she kind of agreed. And so, you know, we got a divorce and went our own ways and we actually get along better now than we ever have. So that's great. So, um, but yeah, so that, you know, next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a single guy, you know, that has a great job and makes a lot of money. And, uh, but then I realized that, you know, it wasn't all about the money. It was really that going through that process. Um, and also seeing other people in the trade, you know, that, you know, it seemed like everybody you talked to at the time was every salesman that would come in or a rep or something, you know, they'd all talk about being divorced and, you know, they go hang out in the bars and things like that. And, and I realized that, you know, next, next thing you know, if I don't make some changes, you know, I'm going to be that guy, you know, I'm going to be yeah. 40 or years old and, you know, on my second or third or fourth, you know, marriage or whatever. And, um, I didn't want that. And so, uh, you know, just having conversations with the team at work, um, and trying to surround myself with good people, you know, um, we were able to change this business into something that, you know, we don't just use and abuse our, our people. Um, cause I kind of felt like, you know, maybe some resentment at the time that I was used and abused, and, um, you know, at work. And so, um, I didn't want that for people that worked for me or under me. And I realized we had, that's why I, right in there somewhere we had about three technicians all quit at the same time, like literally on the same day and go to, um, a big manufacturing facility to be maintenance guys. And then I'm left, you know, as the only technician at the time, all right, well, I guess I'll run all these calls, you know, and I tried to do that too. But, uh, then I started digging into why they leave and it was just the way we were, you know, the way the the company was built really. Yeah. So the unfortunate events of what you had to endure and, and, you know, all the things that went with uh, the pain and agony there really seems to have set you up for a refinement as to how you would then hold that perspective towards others and what you wanted to make different in the company from there forward. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and that, and the, those experiences have helped me. Um, you know, we've, I've got some technicians that I actually last week had a conversation with one of them about, um, you know, he needs to take more time off. I think uh, his wife was in the hospital um, with some, you know, some minor issues and she, uh, he was back at work the next day. I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> you're going to end up divorced if you don't watch it, you know, because I've been there, you know. And, uh, you know, to him, working or money was, you know, the most important thing. And you kind of got to, you know, change people's perspective sometimes to what's really important. So, and some people that is money and you won't be able to change it. But um, from my experience, there's you know, you realize. There's definitely also the, um, it's not necessarily the money people like I'm I'm that same way like our first when we first had our our oldest I wanted to be back at work like the next morning um and I had to really be pushed to to like stay in the hospital or uh stay home a few extra days you know um and it's yeah. not it wasn't the money it's just like this is where this is where I would fee- feel fulfilled is when I'm working that's where I feel yeah. like I'm, that's where I'm supposed to be. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, everybody I grew up around who, you know, they have a great affection for not working. Well, they're not doing a whole lot now. So, you know, that's not what you're yeah. going to go back to. So any day you're not, it just seemed like any day that's not Saturday, Sunday, when you're not working, you just don't feel right. Um, yeah. And that's the mind, the mindset that has to shift is the, the uh, thing, the empty feeling that we as men in particular um, and technicians can get when we're just doing family time on a day that's not a weekend day. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that kind of goes back to the mental issue. You know, that these guys have to, you know, and, and any technician I would recommend it, you know, when you're off, you, you really need to try to unplug, you know, and reset your mind because this, this business is tough, you know, whether you're uh, plumbing, HVAC, install, service, you know, it's, it's a grind, you know, it can be. Um, and, and to me, it's more of a mental issue than it's, than it is physical. But, um, and that's what I explained to him. I said, man, it, you know, I understand what you're wanting to do. And cause he said, he goes, well, I don't want to leave the team hanging, you know, um, which while I greatly appreciate that, um, and, uh, that's hard to find somebody with that mentality. Um, I also don't want, you know, a couple of years down the road for him to say, Hey, by the way, my wife and I are getting a divorce, you know? So, yeah. um, let's, you know, let's keep things in perspective. Speaking of perspective, uh, we want to hear about, you know, if we would, we want to hear about the perspective of your employees. So, I mean, if you could put your shoes on, uh, put your work boots on and kind of put yourself back on the ground as a technician. And we went in there to your organization and we started interviewing like, Hey, what makes the difference here? 
why do you stay here? What what is what's so special about this place or the team? What are some of those culturally defining things that we would hear from your frontline people? You know, um, what I'd probably say is it kind of goes back to those core values that we have, um, which is um, so. And, and I'll just give them to you real quick. But we we call it the five F's here at the company, um, and so one of them is followers followers of Christian values. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a follower of Christ, but you need to know that this company will follow those values. Um, number two is phenomenal care of each other. And I know phenomenal didn't start with an F, but we kind of did a play. <laughs> I was just thinking in my head, did he see phenomenal? Or? Yeah. Yeah, he, he did say he didn't finish school. so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I quit a little bit too soon, but yeah, so we, we, we just changed it to start with an F. So then we do phenomenal care of clients. Um, so our customers, we're going to take great care of our customers. Um, and then we call ourselves financial Jedi's and that kind of goes back to the Ramsey way, you know, um, you know, our, our business is debt free. Um, so to me, what that means to a, a, a teammate is that, you know, their paychecks are going to be cashed and we're going to have, you know, the nicer vehicles and the nicer things. And, um, because we do, you know, take good care of our money. So, um, and then the other, the other thing is fun, you know, we want it to be a fun place to work. And so we do a lot of activities together. Um, families or individuals uh, you know, during the work week on the weekends. Um, so I, I think you know if you if you look at that as the center of everything, then people enjoy that. Uh, if if I was an employee here and I could rewind, um, I, that would probably be my answer. Um, we don't hire a lot of guys that come from other places, so I don't know that they would have a true perspective maybe on. Or at least from other AC shops, anyway, uh, of maybe what it would be like to work for one. Um, so, but as far as other industries, you know, the ones we do have that came from other places, um, you know, they constantly tell us, you know, how much more they appreciate working here um, in in this the culture. Absolutely, that's uh, a similar similar atmosphere that we're trying to emulate here as well. You know, creating that atmosphere that people are just they're in love with and there's, there's nothing else like it out there. And that is, I think so needed in the industry Uh, for far too long. There's just been kind of this, uh, you know, drill sergeant mentality. Hey, you know, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and suck it up buttercup. Here we go. Uh, And there's certainly times to be like that and, and to get things done. But there's, there's so much more that is to be had than just that type of uh, you know, back beaten by the whip type of work environment and shout out to you for having those types of values built into who you are and the DNA of your business. Yeah. You know, in the, in the beginning it was tough, you know, because I was raised that way, you know? And so it, that's all I knew was, you know, the, the back breaking efforts and the, you know, like just, just suck it up and do it, you know, and you know, don't be a wuss. And um, it's, it was hard in the beginning to, not treat people the same way, you know, even though sometimes I have those thoughts, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, but you know, the, and I won't, I won't keep using the same cliche terms everybody else does about millennials and whatnot, but I think it really just boils down to people. They have choices, you know? And so if you don't create a business or a career that they will choose to work at, then, um, you know, maybe they're going to choose to go somewhere else. So we, you know, we got to constantly, you know, be on top of that and, in, in this industry, you know, and, and make it, you know, um, where it's attractive to people. We, uh, I'm on the board at a local trade school and, you know, and I told them in, in one of their meetings is, Hey, you know, that HVAC is not sexy. Nobody is talking about, you know, being an HVAC or plumbing, you know, in high school. And so we got to figure out a way to, to change that. And I really think it's, you know, it's my business's responsibility to do that as well as yours and everybody else in the country, you know, Absolutely. Uh, and I like what you say there with uh, your core values, uh, not your core values, but your core priorities. And like, it, you know, that's something that's very clear in my mind. My family comes before my job. There's no doubt about that. There may be times when I have to, we have to make sacrifices, um, you know, for, for the moment, but it's not going to be a long-term strategy. And I would never allow a, a job to take over position number two, uh, which is currently my family because of that. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and don't, you know, you technicians out there listening, don't misunderstand. There's, you know, obviously there is a time, you know, to suck it up and, you know, you know, knock some work out. But there's, you know, you can't just do that, you know, day in, day out for year on, you know, years on end because it, it will affect you uh, mentally, um, you know, and it may lead to other issues. But, um, yeah, we just, 
my guys even here, you know, they, yeah, they have tough weeks and months and things like that. But there's overall, you know, we we try to you know, change things as quickly as we can, you know, to get somebody back in the you know the right mindset if they start going the wrong directions. Absolutely. So, uh, Dave, as you, you say you serve on a board there and you're kind of, I'm sure you're in the same kind of pinch as far as like trying to find people to get into the industry and to, to love the trades, to learn the trades. Uh, what have you found has been effective in getting non-trades people to jump in? Man, the, the where we've had the best luck really has just been, I'd say, referrals from current employees or past employees. Um you know, they just know a guy or a friend or a buddy, whatever. Um, and they say, Hey, you know, I, I know this guy that, you know, I think he'd be a good fit here. You know, what do you guys think about hiring him? And we'll interview him. And if it seems like a good fit, then, you know, we'll, we'll put the, the time and the effort into training them um, and bring them on board. If it doesn't, then we won't do that. Um, you know, I'd said earlier, we don't hire a lot of guys from other shops. And, and the reason is, you know, maybe most of them have been mistreated, but they just, they don't really fit into our culture. You can tell real quick that they won't. And so, I'm not willing to uh, to dilute that um, for the sake of you know some monetary gain. So we'll just hold off and wait till we find somebody who who will fit that. So yeah, we're we're uh, up against the same thing. When it's like the more you build your culture the way you think it should be, the more you conduct interviews that go nowhere. <laughs> yes, it's just yeah. uh, it's more and more more and more people don't fit the mold as you get the culture uh, funneled down to where you want it. Um, but I didn't, yeah. we, we were talking about millennials for a second. It is, it is funny that one of our uh, plumbing team leaders and I were having a conversation about them potentially getting a bad rap uh, as a result of several millennial hires we've made recently that are, that are arguably some of the best guys on the team. Um, and, and gals, I'll, I'll say with one of our, uh, electrical, uh, installers who just got into her own truck, um, they're, they, I guess they can be flighty in terms of they, like, if they don't get what they want, they have no problem walking. They have no problem up and leaving a company, but if they yes. are getting what they want, man, we, we are finding them to be extremely hard workers and they are very team oriented. I mean, they are the people you want to build your culture with because they're they're so apt to volunteer their time for the good of the group, which is yeah. something that that can be really hit or miss um, with a with a team of you know contractors, a team of skilled tradespeople. That can be very hit or miss, and it seems like a lot of the millennials we're hiring recently are. Very, very team oriented, and they they want what's best for the group, not necessarily just what's best for themselves. And that's uh, that's something that we're we're finding more in that millennial group than we found in even in our own ages, age groups. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I would agree with that too. You know, I think our we've got fourteen techs, and out of that group, I mean, I bet our average age is probably twenty eight, thirty, maybe. And you know, there's like one guy that blows that average out of the water, so. Um, yeah, overall, we are a really, really young company. Um, and, and so most of those guys are millennials and we kind of, you know, we accept that. Um, and we also, you know, just got to kind of mold your business for that. If, if I only hired, you know, 40 to 60 year old hardworking dudes, you know, that, my business probably wouldn't last very long. So then it probably wouldn't be a fun place to work either. So, so Dave, as we turn our, our, our eyes forward here and we kind of consider the future, what are some things that you're dreaming about now? It sounds like you're the type of guy who's constantly looking for that next better idea, that next refinement or that next way of making something uh, just a, a tad bit better than it was before. What are the things that you're focusing on? What are, what are the challenges you're coming up across as you're reviewing and, and reviewing and reviewing the business and the culture and everything that you're doing? What is it that you're focusing on to try to make even better? So mine's probably slightly more unique. Um, we actually just purchased this business 100% uh, this last summer. Um, I was presented with an opportunity to be able to buy it. Um, and I was in a position where I could. And so uh, I just did that this last summer. And so going forward, yes, you know, I'm, thank you. Yeah. And I was left with a great foundation, you know, by the previous owner. Um, so the going forward really is to continue our success. Um, but not only that, but also obviously to grow, um, but I think probably our biggest hurdle in the next year or two is to come up with a good, solid 
training plan yeah. um, in-house. Um, we, we use a lot of people, you know, um, that, you know, we'll meet with once or twice a week on Zoom meetings and things like that. But we, we, we really got to focus on some more in-house training um, just to make things easier for everybody. So, because, you know, talking about the millennials, you know, a lot of them, that's, they want more and more knowledge and they're, you know, thirstier for that kind of stuff than, um, than maybe I was. And so um, we kind of have, we have a hole there. So I need to work on that. That needs to be my focus. 100% behind you on that one. That's an idea that we have already implemented here. Uh, and then we kind of sort of walked away from it a little bit. And I think it's time for us to get back to it because there's just such a hunger not only for additional training within the organization, but to have your own uh, specialized training center, school, uh, career development plan that you can say, take somebody into your organization who knows very little and train them up your way is just so valuable. Yeah. yeah and, uh, and that's, you know, something a lot of guys, you know, around me, I'll run into, you know, a guy at the supply house or something that has a smaller shop and, and they always ask me, man, where are you guys finding all these people at? And, and I tell them, hey, we, we just train them ourselves, you know, but we need a probably a little more efficient way to do that. Um, you know, typically for me to see a guy excel in this business, it takes about two years um, under our current model. Um, I'd like to speed that up to where, um, you know, they feel really comfortable in their job position, you know, in six months to a year. Yeah, career in a year. We love that yeah. idea. Uh, and kudos to you as you pursue that. That's that's fantastic. Thanks. Well, hey, Dave, um, as we kind of bring things in for a landing here, uh, one thing that we're always looking for is uh, as leaders, uh, whether you sit at a desk or behind a steering wheel or you have a phone in your hand or a pair of gauges, we're always looking to get better. That's part of what we do here at the Waste No Day podcast. We don't want to waste any day. And so as we as we talk and interview different leaders and different people throughout multiple organizations around the country, we want to hear what you're doing to make yourself better. Like what are the things that you're listening to? What are the ideas that you've implemented in your life? What are the disciplines that you hold fast to to make yourself better? So for me, it's... Um I work out regularly, probably not regu- as regular as I should. Um, and I follow, <laughs> obviously I'm, I work uh, out regularly too. It's about once a quarter. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm human. Um, maybe not as, um, dedicated as Brian is, I think, but uh, <laughs> you saw me doing push ups in the sand. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I try to work out regularly. Um, I do read, um, you know, Brian had mentioned to me about traction the other day and, you know, I started reading that after he mentioned that to me. And it's funny, you know, he said, you know, do you guys do traction? I said, no, I don't think so. Well, I found the book in our company library and it's got all kinds of notes from our previous owner. And yeah, we are. <laughs> so, well, it is funny because uh, you mentioned the killing of the sacred cows and that is uh, at least our implementer was, is really big on yeah. the sac- sacred cows. Um, did you yeah. get the, did you get to listen to the uh, Mike Payton traction episode? Yeah, I did. I did. And I really enjoyed that too. So, um, yeah, he, he gave, but you, gives a pretty good breakdown on what traction is and what it can do for a team. Yeah. So, and then you know, the other thing is, you know, what I'd recommend to a lot of people is join some kind of a group. You know, we, uh, we're members of service national Alliance. I don't know if I can say that or not, but, Absolutely. um, they just received a contractor of the year, uh, for, uh, last year, which nice, was man. A, a, oh, awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. Great honor from those guys. And, um, but yeah, that, you know, so that, that immerses us in, you know, other like-minded businesses. And so you can bounce stuff off of each other. Um, and we're on, you know, there's an advisory group you can get into. And so you constantly have access to other business owners that may be struggling with the same thing. So, you know, just, you can lean on each other. Um, and it, cause it, you know, this is not a easy trade or business. And, um, so yeah, just don't be scared to ask for help. You know, there's a lot of good people out there that'll ask you, or, you know, that'll help you when you want it. So. Love that. Um, any other like personal self-development things that you're working on, Dave, you know, uh, not everybody has the opportunity to join a group or, or be a part of that type of backbone. Uh, but what about the, what about the guys on the front lines, the guys and gals who are looking to just learn more, do better, become better, uh, and, and possibly work their way up? Well, I would say, is, um, you know, a lot of that, you know, listen, they can listen to, you know, different, there's tons of podcasts. You know, this one is a really good one. Probably one of the better trade specific ones I've listened to. Thanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't say that yeah. if we were staying in Hawaii right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just really, 
all of that stuff you guys, you know, you, we've all heard it. Um, you know, there's the, the mental game, the physical game. Um, you know, you look good, you feel good, you perform good, right? So, um, you know, wear the proper uniform, look great every day. You know, there's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a mindset, you know, and I don't know, I can't explain it, but, um, yeah, just really, you got to be well-rounded. You know, if a guy hits the gym every day but doesn't, you know, doesn't thirst for anything knowledge-wise, then he's, you know, he's going to be a buff dude, but he's probably not going to be a very good technician, uh, or vice versa. You know, so I think they, uh, you know, you just got to do a little bit of everything. That's 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 a, what we're about here is is focusing on getting better, and that's in every area that you can. That's at work. That's at home. That's being a, a father, a husband. Uh, a mother, a wife, you know, whatever it is that, that you do in your entirety, whether it's at work or at home, is we want to get better at that because we fully believe that better employers, better employees make for better homes, better homes make for better employees and employers, and that cycle just keeps on spinning. Yeah, you know, and, and really to kind of go back to your question is, I think really most people need to think of this as a career, not just a job, you know. Um, somebody asked me the other day, you know, hey, would you be happy when your kids get older if they work at McDonald's? And I said, absolutely. Um, but my son better be a bad burger flipper, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care what he does. You just be good at it, you know, and you take pride in it and you know, you'll be good. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the it's, it's, it's a mentality. Love it. Well, Dave Daffin, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and kudos to you and your team for celebrating as one of the, uh, the awards there in your organization for contractor of the year. Uh, we appreciate having good quality guests on our podcast who are running great operations or involved in great operations, uh, as it makes all of us better, even if we're competitors, even if we're right next door or across the country, it makes all of us better. It makes the industry better. And at the end of the day, the clients will receive better service because of it. Thank you guys, and I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to chat with me a little bit. Yeah, tell Sean A. Amelia and I said hi. It was good talking to you again, Dave. Oh, I will. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Dave. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this podcast with Dave. It was good to hear from him as he has had the journey of moving from technician to owner and everything in between. He's had the ups and downs. It wasn't an easy journey despite him summarizing it up for us in just uh, you know a small podcast here. Uh, but so much more uh, to hear about his story there. And we appreciate the fact that he embodies what we do here at Waste No Day. And now he is making that actually applicable to his organization. And you know what? You don't have to be an owner of an organization to do that. You can start right now wherever you are. You can choose to waste no day in your current position. And I guarantee you, even if it's not recognized in your, your structure, in your organization, even if nobody takes notice, you will notice and you will be better. And because of that, there will be value and there will be investment into the future. And so we continue to challenge you to look at life from that perspective to be continually looking for ways to improve and take that next level, to take that next mountain, and to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day. 